Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. It is 8.35, talking about class. Well, this is a bit worrying, isn't it? The whole, uh, the whole uh, Masha Tile story. News 24 are following this quite, uh, quite closely. And I just wonder what the, what is really going on there. Paul Masha Tile's 37 million rand home may not cost him politically. This is the headline today, but his son-in-law now faces investigation. Talking about throwing your son-in-law under the bus. A declaration by the Gauteng government that no wrongdoing will be swept under the carpet. Oh, well, there we go. Now we are reassured because there's not going to be anything swept under the carpet. Dr. Dale McKinley, independent political analyst, writer, and researcher. Well, you must be very relieved to hear that as well. Hi. Hi good morning, <laughs> good Howard, morning. and to your listeners. And, uh, yes. Uh, always a pleasure. Um, yeah, listen, uh, I'm, I think as a, as a watcher of Hauteng politics in particular, ANC politics over many years, those who know Paul Mashatile will not necessarily be that surprised. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe a little bit, but this goes all the way back to the 1990s. If, uh, viewers might, well, listeners might mm-hmm. remember, there was a, the, one of the first presidential, massive presidential infrastructural projects was called the Alexandra Renewal Project. Uh, which was yes. uh, designed to to upgrade Alexandra. And Paul Mashatile and, and several other ANC heavyweights at the time, or at least provincial heavyweights, were became known as the Alex Mafia uh, because there were a lot of allegations and investigations at the time about tenders and, and uh, large amounts of money being pushed back and forth. And uh, that, that sort of got swept under the carpet and nothing happened. That was during the Mbeki years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, in the in the next 20 years, Mashatila has been sort of a kingpin in Hauteng politics, going from one sort of portfolio to another. And we've had a series of scandals in a whole range of different uh, departments in the Hauteng, whether that's in health or education or otherwise. But Mashatila has always been Mr. Teflon. He's never, nothing's ever stuck to him, but he's always been at the center of that ANC politics. So if one sort of puts one and one together and you can sort of it's finally in some ways caught up with him, I think, in terms of. Uh, the fact that all of these kinds of questions and allegations and, 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 uh, questionable deals and tenders and money bang back and forth and high powered individuals, uh, that, that now we're beginning to see come to the surface now that he's the vice president. Um, and I think in that case, it's not that surprising, although I think it is, as you mentioned, the scale of it is a bit shocking. Mm. So uh, will, is anything likely to happen? I mean, I, I can't imagine, as you've said, that anybody's really surprised by this. These allegations have swirled around for many, many years, and yet he is in the position that he is in, which is an incredibly powerful political position. He w- went into that position uh, everybody knowing that these that these issues existed, why should anything change now? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think the other thing that sometimes we forget is that there are very, very few individuals at the high levels of the ANC office who are not implicated in some kind of <laughs> of questionable activity. Mm, mm. Um, if you if you start looking across the board, uh, in, in, let's say even in the top six. I mean, just the other day, it's Fikile Mbalula, mm-hmm. uh, who's, and his, his connections with rich business people and him living in an estate and, and then, or it's Gwede Mantash and his uh, association, you know, with former Bosasa, um, and, and gifts being given back and forth. And then it's, it's our president and the Palapala scandal. And it's, it on and on and on. It doesn't matter whether you're provincial level. I mean, KZN and Pumalanga, Northwest, you name it. It's across the board. And I think what is starting to sink in 
um, uh, hopefully to a lot of the South African population, is that the ANC itself has become compromised across the board. Um, and it's very rare to find a politician at the high levels of the ANC who's not in some way or another uh, tarnished or implicated in certain degrees. Uh, and Masha Tile is the latest one. And we just didn't, you know, most people just didn't know too much about him because he flew below the radar for such a long time at the provincial level. Uh, but now that he's up there sort of above the parapet, uh, it, uh, you can see that he's been exposed or at least in the process of being exposed. What I'm fascinated by is if it actually makes a difference. Have we become so accustomed to this that we hear he's living mm. in a 37 million rand um, home that uh, of, of questionable origins and, uh, you know, it's all over News 24 and some of the other publications. Uh, but I'm not sure if it actually impacts on us as as it should. Yeah, I, th I think we've become numbed. Uh, the South African society, and it's not just, you know, the ANC and corruption mm -hmm. and misgovernance and, and all the scandals. It's a whole range of different things. So whether it's load shedding, uh, whether it's our transport system, whether it's our education, whether it's our, our roads and our potholes and other kinds of things, I think what's happened over the last several years, and particularly that was turbocharged during the Zuma years, uh, was this sort of like resignation in many ways across uh, a large swathes of society to say, mm. well, this is what we should expect uh, from our politicians, and this is what we should expect from the ANC in particular, at least as the governing party in most cases. Um, and this is we've seen this across the globe. I mean, not just in our own continent, but we've seen it across the globe where, uh, you know, a, a, a accumulation over time and the intensity of, of these kinds of politics, of this kind of sort of, well, politicians are mm. always that way. That's the way. And it's the exception where the politician is honest. It's the exception when a pol and we see whether it's the United States, whether it's actually now Europe, uh, in many cases, uh, in certain countries there, maybe not to the extent. But I think, uh, we, we have a, a cynicism about politics in general, uh, a global cynicism, uh, that was again, uh, fueled a great deal by COVID because a lot of people had a lot of questions. There was secrecy. There was a lot of decisions that were taken above the heads of the people that they felt are very hard done by. And mm. I think that's, that's, that trust deficit is very difficult to overcome. In the context of, of, of South Africa and the ANC, when you've had a ruling party that's been there at the top for 20, what, 28, 9 years, almost 30 years now, uh, it's difficult to sort of extract that from our mental space. Um, and, I, and I think that's what you're seeing in this case is this sort of like, oh, well, yeah, there's, there goes another one. Let's chalk that one up, mm. you know? I keep wondering how the ANC views itself very often you know somebody could take a lie detector test and they would actually believe what they're saying even though it it is disconnected from reality you've got this cognitive dissonance the anc we've seen recognize that they've got their challenges i mean they 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 recognize it in in very loose terms but do you think that they view themselves as a largely forthright and moral organization? I think there is a certain section within the ANC that still thinks that. I certainly think that among many of the veterans, uh, there is that perspective. Uh, and you've seen some of the veterans, or at least the genuine veterans, uh, coming out publicly over the last several years, making statements about the moral degeneration of the party, about how we need to get back on track and other things. And I think they their sort of uh, foundational uh, moorings are in a different kind of era where uh, the ANC 
was a fairly popular organization and was trusted by a, a large number of people. And you had Nelson Mandela and so forth. Mm. I think that you have a middle layer within the ANC, which hasn't quite made up its mind whether it wants to go full sort of full Monty in the context of, of uh, you know, uh, we don't really care about the people. We're just going to follow, uh, for example, ZANU-PF in, in Zimbabwe mm. or, or other kinds of liberation movements like Frelimo in Mozambique, which is basically said to the people, we really don't care about you very much. We're going to do what we want to do. And if you try to stop us, well, good luck with that. And I think that on the other side, there's another third faction that's basically saying we really don't, that we're not in this for any kind of service to the people. We're not in it to govern. We're in it to make money. We're in it to uh, get power and we're in it to take care of ourselves. So I think there's these compete. And that's what you're seeing in the ANC. You're seeing these clashes uh, of these factions around particular individuals and particular kinds of, of uh, sort of circles and everything else. And as a result, the degeneration of the party as a whole has accelerated because the more the ones who uh, those minority, I think, who want to go back to some of those principles and values and see themselves as something that are more than just you know, people that are in power but are serving people and are trying to change society in a positive way are increasingly in the minority. And that's being felt in practical, very practical ways in terms of the ANC governance. And in terms of the age group of the ANC, it, it must mean something that we're not seeing a lot of younger blood coming into the organization to take it further. There's there's just, you know, if you'd look at the ANC, you'd think that there was a handful of people in the whole country. And, and uh, in the last nearly 30 years, nothing has, you know, nobody's, nobody else has stepped forward, really. I mean, obviously, I'm saying that uh, as an absolute and, and, and there are exceptions. But, but largely, it's a very aging organization. Yeah, uh, and, and I think, you know, you, as you mentioned, there are a couple of exceptions like Mbalula who came mm. out of the ANC Youth League and a few others that have, you know, Panyazal Sufi, our, pres- our, our premier in this province, are also coming out of those ranks. But yes, I think as a whole, uh, and, and this, this, this indicates something I think much larger, which is that the political scene uh, in, the, in the context of becoming a, a servant, becoming, mm. you know, a public mm. servant from starting from a counselor, is not is either seen as a, a means to an end and uh, personally uh, for make it just make a living make uh, you know, basically make some money uh, but it's not seen as a calling uh, it's not seen as something that and and the youth of today with given the massive high unemployment rates and given the, the general sort of I think you know looking at the future and it's not looking particularly bright they look at politics or they look at the political realm and they say sure I really, really don't want to get involved in that. And the ANC being the sort of largest section of that, you've seen this. The ANC Youth League has been in an absolute mess for mm, years and mm, years and years. Mm. And uh, and people, you know, most youth are, are you, I think sometimes we, we don't give enough credit to the, to the younger folks because I think most of them look at this and they say, I'm staying far away as possible. I don't really want to get caught up in all of these kinds of things. It's not where a future lies. I want to get a skill. I want to, you know, if I'm going to make money, if I'm going to do well for myself, let me do it. On my own merits, not through, uh, uh, you know, patronage and, right, and corruption right. and other kinds of things. And I think they stay away from that because politics has become almost dirty in some ways. It's become a scene as something that is not, you know, previously it was like, yes, your parents and your families and others would probably be proud of someone, a, a youth who went in and started serving the community. Now you do that in other ways. You don't become a politician. 
Very interesting. That's where we leave it. Dr. Dale McKinley, independent political analyst. Fascinating conversation. We started off talking about uh, Deputy President Paul Mashatile, the, uh, the, the claims of state capture, a uh, little bit about his life, and then we moved on to speak about the ANC in general.